That's wonderful. All right, let's take our Bibles this evening. Let's go to Galatians, all right? Galatians chapter 5 tonight as we're studying through this book together on Wednesday evenings. And as you're finding your place there, be reminded once again, as I want to remind us every time we come to it, because I want you to forget, all right? But to be reminded once again as we come to this book that Paul is addressing the churches in the region of, of Galatia. And he's writing to these churches because of this main reason. False teachers called Judaizers have begun to creep into this area and in these churches and these false teachers have begun to teach another gospel as Paul said in Galatians 1.6 and this uh, another gospel is a false gospel of adding works to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so in teaching this gospel, false gospel, uh, these Judaizers were perverting the true gospel of Jesus Christ and in turn causing great chaos in the hearts and minds of these dear people and these dear believers and causing great division in these churches, all right? So with all that going on, Paul, he lovingly yet very uh, sternly uh, picks up his pen and declares to them and defends the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He once again defends salvation is by grace, through faith, in Lord Jesus, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, Galatians 2 and verse 16. So never forget, when it comes to the matter of salvation, it is God's free gift to mankind. It is given by grace, accepted by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this book, hopefully, as we saw this book, has solidified that very fact and truth in your heart's and minds. I hope it is, and I hope it will, all right? And so, so let it do that. Let it do that. But let's continue this study together in Galatians, and we'll be in chapter 5. And as we continue together, you, you will be reminded that as of late, we've been thinking or looking into this phrase, or really this title, of how to combat the hindrances to our race as we come to Galatians chapter, chapter 5. Because we found this verse as we're looking through this chapter, we, we found this phrase in this verse, in Galatians 5, 7, where it said this, You did run well. Who did hinder you? Meaning it would seem that the Galatians at this moment, they were running well, but they were beginning, beginning to be hindered, meaning pushed back. Something was tripping them up. And uh, we know there's all kind of hindrances to our race as believers, but the ones we uncovered, the ones we highlighted from the text and context of Galatians 5 are these hindrances to our race. A hindrance of disobedience to the truth, a hindrance of false doctrine, a hindrance of division, a hindrance of devouring one another. And it would seem that uh, as we consider the Galatian as a whole, the book as a whole, and the context and historical context of, of this area, this was taking place. This was taking place in these churches and in the lives of these believers there in Galatia. So what did Paul tell them though? That Paul knew they were being hindered. He, he kind of pointed out what was the hindrance to them. But what did Paul tell them that would hinder the hindrances? Or what did Paul tell them that could combat the hindrances to the race? What, what did Paul tell them that would help them? Because uh, we, we know we can identify things that hinder us, that stop us, that trip us up. We can, many times we should at least, be able to identify those. But how do we get over those obstacles? How can we move forward from those things? How can we do, uh, do just that? 
Well, last Wednesday or a couple Wednesdays ago, actually, we began to take note of how we can combat some hindrances to the race we face. And the first one we saw a couple Wednesdays ago was this one, serve one another. That's a great way to overcome the hindrances that do come our way, especially when it's, um, when it's horizontal, right? When it's between believers. If you begin to serve one another willingly and lovingly, I guarantee you some of these, um, uh, as, he, as he called them, the biting, devouring, those divisions, they will begin to wane. They begin to melt away if we serve one another. Because it's really hard to be mad at somebody that's serving you, you know? It is, unless it's... Cracker barrel or whatever, and they get your, your, your meal messed up for the 10th time that, that day. But anyway, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? It can be a little hard and difficult to get mad at somebody that's actually serving you, trying to help you, trying to, do, trying to do what's right. So serve one another. This is a great combatant to the hindrances that we face, especially when it comes to one another, all right? What's another thing that can help combat as we consider these hindrances? What, what is something else that can help us in these obstacles? Okay. Well, last Wednesday, we began to look at this one. And Paul said it this way in verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So not only do we serve one another, number two, we walk in the Spirit. And as we began to consider this point, there were several takeaways that would that can kind of involve this, this main point and involve this type of living as far as walking in the Spirit. And they're found in the rest of this chapter. So let's finish it. Uh, verse number 17. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So here's what he's telling us as far as walking in the Spirit, the rest of this chapter. But last time as we considered it, as walking in the Spirit, we took note that this phrase found in verse 16, this phrase is um, not a suggestion. It's not left up for, for public vote. No, no, no. This walk in the Spirit, as Paul is talking here to the Galatians, is a command. It is an absolute command. And I want us all to understand once again that walking in the Spirit can and will settle any distractions, any divisions, any devourings, it can and will settle any biting or bickering, any gossip or slander, any bitterness or hatred. It will settle any of those works of the flesh we find in verses 19 through 21. It will settle all of that. And you say, how can that be, preacher? Well, listen, if you walk in the Spirit, do you know who you will be, you will be behaving like? You will be acting like? You will be more like? When you walk in the Spirit, when we walk in the Spirit, we are more like Jesus. And if you're more like Jesus, these other things are not going to be taking place, right? 
So walk in the Spirit. And I believe that's why Paul commanded these believers, these Galatian believers, to walk in the Spirit. And again, that word walk, it means more than just some movement. It's more than just an action of one foot in front of the other. This word is more along the lines of how we conduct ourselves as believers, how we behave ourselves one to, one to another. It goes, it goes more along the lines of this way, all right? When it, when it comes to walking in the Spirit, He's telling us how to live, how to live our lives. We should live our lives by being led of the Spirit, living our lives living our lives that way, being led of God, of course, through the Word of God and through prayer. But this is how we are to live our lives. And again, it's not a suggestion. It's not a good thought. It's not try it for a while. No, no, no. This type of living for every believer is a command. So walking in the Spirit, listen, it's commanded. But we also find this. When it comes to walking in the Spirit, number two, we will find... The conflict. Who here loves conflict? Raise your hand. <laughs> I don't think anybody here loves conflict. I don't think anybody just wakes up in the morning just ready to fight. And, and maybe sometimes you do. I don't know. You, you might need a pot of coffee first before you settle down. I don't know. But anyway, I would say most of the time you don't wake up in the morning just wanting to fight and wanting to fuss and wanting to have a conflict. Nobody likes conflict, but it happens. But the conflict we're talking about is not a physical conflict or, or uh, between uh, individuals. No, we don't, we don't uh, fight against flesh and blood, right? The conflict that we're going to see here in this portion of Scripture is a little bit different. It's the conflict between the flesh and the inner man. It's the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Now, I have no doubt that every believer, every genuine believer wants to do what's right wants to walk in the Spirit, wants to be a spiritual individual. They want to please God with their life. Let me ask you, raise your hand. Do you want to please God with your life, yes or no? Me, three, all right? I do too. I want to please the Lord. I want to do what is right. But why is it so hard? <laughs> why, why is it so hard sometimes? Why is there such a struggle from time to time, when I know what I want to do, I want to do what's right. When I know what I want to do, I want to please God. Why is that so hard from time to time? Why do we trip up time to time? And let's just be honest. Why do we just flat out fall on our faces from time to time? Why do we do the things we know we shouldn't do and not do the things we know we should do? Why do we do this? Well, the answer is simple. There's a conflict. There's a conflict, a conflict of the sinful nature that we were born with and a con between the, the, the sinful nature we were born with and the Holy Spirit we were born again with. There's a conflict there. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Listen to what Paul says about it. Actually, take your, uh, take your finger there and hold it in Galatians 5, but turn back a few pages to Romans 7, all right? Go, go to Romans chapter 7. We're going to read verses 14 through 25, but I want you to see it for yourself, okay? Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Uh, Paul here is talking about his conflict, his struggle. And yes, we're talking about the same Apostle Paul who penned the majority of the New Testament and started multiple churches and led multiple uh, evangelistic campaigns and, and led many people to Christ. Yes, that same Paul struggled just like you and me. 
Look at his struggle, all right? Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 25. Paul writing said this, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Carnal meaning, he's talking about his fleshly nature. When, when, when someone would, would uh, when they would say they're carnal, they, they would mean an individual would be giving into the desires of that sinful fallen nature, all right? That's what carnal means. But he says, I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. He's talking about the same struggles that every genuine believer has from time to time. The battle, the conflict between the spirit and the flesh. And he goes on to say this. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil, meaning the bad things, the things that are worthless, the things that are depraved, the, the, the evil, which I would not, meaning I don't want to do with them. I don't want to do those worthless things. I don't want to do those bad things which I would not, that I do now. If I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me, that sinful nature that we're all born with. That's what he's talking about. I find then a law, a rule, a truth, a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Present meaning constant, always there. Constant struggle. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, meaning my spirit leaps for joy for the things of God. My spirit rejoices when the Lord speaks to my heart from the word of God. My, my spirit rejoices with the sweetness with Christian fellowship and hearing good sound preaching and enjoying worshipful music, just being in the very presence of God. That's, that's what he delights in. That word delight means to rejoice in, right? That's what he delights and he loves that. For I delight in the law of God after my inward man, but I see another law, another rule, another fact, another truth. In my members, warring against the law of my mind. By the way, that's where the battle rages. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's where the battle rages is in, is in our mind. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. To the law of sin which is in my members, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Meaning, who's going to help me? How can I make it through this? What am I going to do? Who's going to get me out of this? He gives the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, with the flesh, the law of sin. Understand, you can go back to Galatians chapter 5 now and just understand that just so you're aware, we can't overcome the conflict, uh, not in and of ourselves, but through Christ as Paul was speaking of here. And again, walking in the Spirit. And when we do that, again, we are like who? We are like the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, as we think on this point of conflict, all right, I just want you to know that even the Apostle Paul himself, we would consider the greatest Christian to ever live. Uh, he himself faced this conflict that you and I have. He faced the same thing. But let's look at, back in our text in Galatians chapter 5 and try to find a few words here that will maybe help understanding that we find in, this, uh, find in this text. And the first one I want to look at in verse number 17 is this word. 
Uh, the third word there in verse 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. All right, so what is this when he talks about the flesh? What is this? Well, when the Bible talks about the flesh here, we are not talking about your uh, epidermis. Right? We are not talking about your skin uh, here. Rather, when the Bible talks about the flesh, it's referring to that basic, fallen, sinful human nature of all mankind. All right? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, it is that flesh that, in, that is the indwelling principle of sin that corrupts every part of us. The flesh, the natural man, that's, that's that part that did whatever it wanted to without ever giving any thought to God before you were saved. And it can, listen, even believers, that flesh, if you allow it to, can govern and rule your life even now. Again, if you give no thought whatsoever to God, no regard to the Lord. And sadly, I believe many believers live their life that way. Whatever feels good to them and not what God says. They allow their emotions and flesh to rule their lives instead of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But flesh, in short, is this. It's that fallen human sinful nature that we're all born with. All of us. So take note of that word, flesh. That's what that is. And then it says this in, in verse number 17, flesh lusteth against the spirit. What's that word lusteth? What, what, is this, what does this mean? Well, simply put, this word means this. It means strong desire. Okay. Now, what do we do to understand that, that God has given mankind certain desires and these desires, natural desires are, are good. Okay. And uh, let me ask you a question. Who here ever gets hungry? You say, I'm hungry right now. Preacher, hurry up. I need to go eat. Okay, amen. I hear you. All right. Uh, but we get hungry. I'm sure you got hungry today. Who gets hungry around breakfast time? Who can wait till lunch? Oh, I'm kind of that way. About 10. If it comes 1 or 2 o'clock and I ain't eat yet, get them away. All right. I'm ready to eat cardboard. I need something now. My belly button's eating my spine. It's time, you know. But, uh, but yeah, we get hungry. We get hungry. Of course we do. Of course we get hungry. But you know that hunger is a good desire to have. Because if you don't have a desire to eat, then your body will not get the nutrition that it needs to sustain life. And if you don't get the nutrition that your body needs to sustain life, then guess what? You die. Okay? Pretty simple. So God puts in us a natural desire to eat. Who here gets thirsty? Absolutely. We all get thirsty. Everybody gets thirsty, especially when you're eating your second or third basket of chips at Casa and uh, with all the salt and spiciness. It's good. All right. But uh, of course you get thirsty. We all do. Thirst, again, is a natural desire that God has given to mankind. You see, our bodies are made up. This is kind of interesting to me. I found this out a while back. But our bodies are made up of about 60% of water. According to one study, the brain and heart are composed of 73% water. And the lungs are about 83% water. The skin contains 64% water. And the muscles and kidneys are 79% water. And even the bones are a watery uh, consistency at 39%. All right? Or 31%, rather. So understand our bodies need water. Okay? Who here likes to sleep? It's not in church. Amen. All right? We all need rest. We all need sleep. Again, this is a natural and healthy desire. But you know what happens if you have a lack of sleep? It causes a bunch of health concerns and health problems such as blood pressure problems, blood sugar problems, weight problems, 
I think that's my problem. Diabetes. Okay, anyway. Diabetes, heart disease, anxiety, depression, a bunch of other things too because of a lack of the natural desire of sleep. We need our rest. We need our food. We need water. We need these things. They're natural desires, all right? Nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with at all. Nothing wrong with being hungry. Nothing wrong with being thirsty. Nothing wrong with getting some rest. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with them. They're not evil in and of themselves. But listen, when this evil world system puts a spin on it, and the devil puts his spin on it, on something that's natural, even God-given, and twists it, that good thing can become a sinful thing. Listen, hunger is not wrong, but gluttony is. Thirst is not a sin, but drunkenness is. Sleep is a gift from God. Amen. But laziness is shameful. Even intimacy, listen, is God's gift to a husband and wife, but adultery and immorality is destructive. All these natural desires, listen, they're good. But if we allow them to take, take control, if we allow them to rule our life, it can become very destructive. The flesh and the lust thereof, listen, it can be an easy trap. It's easy for Satan to use. And it's easy for the believer to fall into. Why? Because it's, it's natural. It's natural. So listen, if we give in to that, give in to this flesh, the lust of the flesh, there is no end to the wickedness that it can bring. There is no end to the ugly list that can follow as we give in to the lust of the flesh. Just take a look one more time. We'll get to this next Wednesday in more of a, a, a more, more pointed way. But I want you to take note of the fruit of the flesh here. Look at verse number 19, all right? Now the works of the flesh are manifest, meaning here's how they show up. Here's how you know they're operating in the flesh and definitely not walking in the spirit. Pretty obvious, verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom, kingdom of God. That is an awful list, wouldn't you agree? Awful list. But it happens if we allow the flesh to rule our life. If we walk in the flesh, if we live by the flesh, that's going to be the fruit of it. That's what's going to happen. So just know the flesh is not going away, okay? It's not going away. There will always be this conflict, always. But I want you to know this evening you're not alone. You're not alone. Every believer has this same conflict between the flesh and the spirit. There is a battle raging on the inside of every single born again believer. We all struggle with this. I like what one pastor told me one day as a new believer and recently gotten right with God and surrendered my life to preach and just struggling with the flesh and the spirit. I said, preacher, I want to do what's right, but I find myself messing up and, and I want to think right, but sometimes have wrong thoughts and, and this, that, and the other. And he, and he said, well, you're struggling, are you? I said, yeah, I'm struggling really bad. He said, man, I'm so glad you're struggling. I'm like, thanks. I think I don't know how to, 
take that by you're saying, I'm glad you're struggling. But he did go on and, and, and kind of explain his statement. But uh, he said, listen, listen, son, if you're struggling, if you're wrestling, if you're fighting, you're struggling. You know what that means? I said, that means I'm one pitiful soul and I'm not worth shooting. He said, no, no, no. If you're struggling, that just simply means you ain't giving up yet. So keep on struggling. Keep on fighting. Keep on moving forward because, listen, God's going to give you victory. He always does. Because, again, what did Paul say? How do we get through? Who's, who shall I deliver me from the, this wretched man that I am? Who shall I deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I understand Paul struggled, but he kept moving forward. And God gave him victory. God gave him grace to, in his time of need, during these battles and, and these struggles and his conflict that we, all, that we all have. So if you're struggling, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep walking in the Spirit. Keep reading your Bible. Keep moving forward. Keep praying, fasting, whatever it takes. Just keep moving. Keep moving forward. So know this evening, when it comes to, it comes to walking in the Spirit, there is going to be a conflict a conflict between the spirit and the flesh. And when it comes to those, understand, we also have this. We'll have a choice. We have to pick one. We'll be either led by the spirit or we'll, or we'll be led by our flesh. But we have to pick one. Because we can't do both. I know many people try to do both. They try to straddle the fence, so to speak, and have one foot in one side, one foot in the other side. But it's very hard to do. Again, verse number 17, look at it with me. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. That word contrary, obviously, means completely opposite. Contrary, the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. You know, some folks who try to do both, they try to live the way they want to and yet try to follow God. They try to uh, walk in the Spirit and yet walk in the lust of their flesh. Listen, this is not going to work. Not one bit. Again, the Bible says in verse 17, you cannot do the things that you would. If you try to do that, you will do, listen, nothing. <laughs> nothing. It will not work. Therefore, make up, let's make up our minds and determine we're going to try our best to walk in the Spirit by reading our Bibles, praying, fasting, being faithful to assemble with the fellowship of believers, everything we need to try to do our best as far as walking in the Spirit, just walking with God. Yes, there's a conflict. Oh, yeah, you're going to have many times you don't want to. <laughs> Probably every day, if not every other day. You're just going to wake up sometimes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk in the Spirit. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I get it. I get it. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. Again, when he's talking about, uh, when Paul talked about his struggle, he said it was in his mind. That's where, that's where it is. That's where it is. That's where the battle rages many times. It's, but it comes with a decision to make. Just make the right one. Walk in the Spirit. Follow God. Be, be led of the Lord through His Word and through prayer. Just keep walking in the Spirit. I know there's conflict, and I don't like it either. I wish there wasn't. I really do. I wish there was no conflict when it came to this. I wish it was so... Uh, walking in the Spirit, I wish, was, I wish was so easy and natural as sinning is. <laughs> but it's not. There's a conflict. But it's going to take conscious decisions on our part, choices on our part, to keep moving forward and walking in the Spirit and with the Lord. So understand, I get it. I get there's a conflict. 
And I'm not saying walking in the Spirit means you're perfect. Come on, no. No, not at all. Not at all. But making the conscious decision to follow God, do what's right, obey the Word as best my ability, that, that kind of decision making, one after another, you'll find yourself more, more often than not walking in the Spirit 